Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. This episode of Cocktails and Conversation is brought to you by The Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So hello, Brittany Line. Welcome to Cocktails and Conversations. Salud. Thank you for being here and doing a little afternoon drinking with me. Oh my gosh, (laughs) yes. I wouldn't, I Mm. wouldn't be anywhere else right now. Good. I hope you... This cocktail is fantastic, by the way. I am so glad. I just kind of whipped it up, like I said. So it doesn't really have a name, but I just used um, some Lillet and then um, some... St. Germain, which is my favorite, elderflower and anything, basically in a cocktail, like it has my name on yes. it. Yeah. Um, again, just like some fresh grapefruit juice, a little splash of lemon, a simple syrup, and then topped off with just literally probably an ounce of tonic water. So yes. really light and fresh. And there's a, a little, little magic in there too. I good. think they just kind of tossed it in. At the I hope end. so. Yeah. I scratched it. Yes. Yeah. I'm always looking for new things. So I'm just like, <laughs> what do I have? What can I create? I mean, I mean, I kind of was on Pinterest. So I was like, okay, Pinterest, what can I, like, what can I figure out with what I have? And they always give me inspiration. And then I just kind of throw the the mess the measurements in there and and I'm glad it worked turned out well oh, today. It's super tasty. So yes. yes, good. So obviously cocktails is one thing that I'm very passionate about. Um I just after a long day or even in the middle of the day, I love just like even one tasty drink at the end of the night is kind of such a reward for me. Do you have any favorite cocktails of your own? Do you have a go-to drink? Like when you go out, do you have your favorite? Like what is for you? So I, since becoming a mom, I um, actually went from, I mean, Patrick and I, before Fitz was born, would just go to the store and grab and like make our own cheese plate. Uh And we would literally just have cheese and champagne for dinner. I mean, at least like a few times a month. Like, okay. this was a regular thing. And then post-baby, um, I really don't drink that much. Okay. So when I do, um, I do, I go for champagne because it's just my favorite. Something like a, like a, so a French 75? So French, or... a French 75 is one of my go-tos. Okay. And um, I also love gin and tonics. Gin and tonics. So, like, the Ravenous Pig has their gin and tonic oh, on tap, yeah. and it is one of my favorite things. It's I have so never good. had it there. 
This um, recent season, I have been, like, really obsessed with gin and tonics. Really? Yeah. So, I usually use, like, Plymouth gin, and then, I mean, they're just so easy, and you usually have either a lemon or lime juice and, like, a tonic or a bubbly or something to Mm -hmm. go. I mean, it's just so easy, refreshing. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. For a while, um, we would go wherever we would go. You know, people collect shot glasses or Mm -hmm. keychains or whatever um and our go-to was actually gin we would go to the local distillery so um like one of our favorites is the uh distillery in charleston okay and um, which one um i think it's just charleston distilling co okay maybe yeah i don't know we happened upon it actually and this is where it all started because it was raining and we just like ran to the nearest overhang on King Street. Yep. And they were doing tours of this distillery, and we were like, "Yeah, absolutely." Cool. And so, um, <laughs> is there a tasting at the end? I'll be there. Uh, yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, we ended up with because um, gin and tonics were mm. kind of our go-to, um, right. and so um, yeah, we ended up with some of their gin, and it's one of my favorites. And then the St. Augustine. Yes, I've done their tour. Is, is their tour well. in St. Augustine, and I've I've definitely had their gin, and all of their products. Um, but that sounds like a good pastime. So before we start, I wanted to share the story of how we met. And that we've known, <laughs> we've known each other. This is one of my favorite stories. It makes me laugh every time. Um, and so we've known each other for probably at least five years. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. So the story is that um, right before I started dinner party, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And Uber was just starting and they had just started in Orlando. Like yeah. Basically, I mean, had just started. Literally. Like a that month, month that. probably. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I've got free time and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I was like, I've got my little Mazda 3 and trying to figure out my life. And you had just gotten back in town too. I just gotten back in town yeah. for my trip. And so this was all in the, in the space of like, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And, and then I had just had this idea. It wasn't even formalized yet to do the dinner party project. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, great. Like I'm going to sign up to be an Uber driver. And so... Um, anyway, so literally my Uber driving career was about 10 guests. <laughs> I think you were my first or second, like very early on. I was yeah. like, okay. It was like a Saturday morning and I was like, let's go do this. And so I have no idea, but we got connected and yeah. I came to pick you up. Yes. Because, okay. So this is, and this is the reason why I called the Uber. <laughs> so Patrick had gone that morning to play basketball and I have, I had a meeting at Easton Market, which this is even before we had moved into Easton. I mean, and way. I mean, it was so early on. Right. And so, I mean, we had actually just established farm, Farmhouse right. Inc. And so, long story short, I'm looking everywhere for my keys because I have this meeting. <laughs> and I call Patrick and he's not answering his phone. And he ended up taking my, my car keys. And so, I mean, yep. it's just my blowing how how like it was just fake that we met and so I called Uber because we had just gone to DC and Ubered a lot there and Uh I was like this is great saw it moved into Orlando called it and then I met this awesome person who and we were just talking about the local community and Uh I know how you had just started this dinner series and um how we were cooking 
meals for people. Mm-hmm. And On delivery, like dinner delivery thing. Yeah. And which was I new mean, to Orlando. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, that was the start of it. And I tell everybody, oh. we really started by cooking for, for the dinner party project. So we were still, you know, kind of in the... Uh, we were both. I think that yeah. we had both kind of like just established, and mm-hmm. so I remember just you in the back seat, me just like driving around to East End Market, and we had this short amount of time, but it was just this like providential connection of just like, oh, like oh, so, so you're like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I've got this concept. It's just starting. And then you were like, oh, we have this concept. Like it's just starting. Yeah. And when I started Dinner Party Project in August of 2014. In the beginning, I was cooking for for you know dinner for eight. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, and when and I you were getting takeout too, I think, right? No, not very not much. Mm-mm. Yeah, I haven't really done takeout. I've done it like you saved me one time for sure. That one time, a couple years ago. Um, yeah, so mostly I hadn't I haven't really done. So much. You were actually doing the cooking yourself. Yeah. And hosting and oh doing gosh. the drinks and Crazy. doing the table. I mean, it was, I learned very quickly that I couldn't do it all because I was trying to cook the four courses it's a lot. and be the host at the table. And it yeah. was just like, I learned a lot. Obviously, I didn't have any concept of what it I would, would look like. I would just be like, hey guys, this is what we're having. They're frozen chicken tenders that <laughs> I just pulled down. <laughs> like, beer me. And I had some help in the kitchen, so I had a friend that was helping me, but I was <laughs> still trying to like, so I did that at the very beginning for the first couple of months, mm-hmm. but then basically the farmhouse was our first chef. Chefs, yeah. Yep. And you and Patrick came to my house and in Orwin Manor, and um, so it was like such an amazing beginning for the dinner party, and that you helped us so much to yeah. grow, and we figured and, out so much. I mean, likewise, and too. you hosting, which was so fun. It was fun. So you, you, I could just be like, they have, they have it covered. Brittany will host, and Patrick will cook. Oh my and gosh, you guys, I still, I keep yeah. in contact with so many people, so many connections I made through Yay. the dinner party project. I and, love to hear that. Yeah, I love it. That's so much value. The name of the game. Yep. Well, thanks for being a part of my story. But um, one of the things that I want to talk about on this is story. Um, so there's so much that is out of our control. The place that we're placed in in the world, the family of origin that we're put in, the DNA that we're given, um, the things that happen to us in our life that are yeah. often not something that we can do anything about. Mm-hmm. And so... We are like, okay, here we are in this world. and It's then what we're given. And it's what it's we're given. What we do with it. Right. Yeah. And as adults, you get to like more shape your own story. But Definitely. especially growing up and as, as as you're going through your childhood and adolescence, um, it's so formative because you're in this family of origin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just love to know a little bit about you and your family of origin. Wow. And birth order. <laughs> Me like, So much. What your parents were like. So I think I'll, I'll start with the basics. Yes. Um, I was actually, I'm a unicorn. I was, I'm born and raised here in Orlando. Okay. I'm one of the few, it's such a transient city and I, I feel like I don't find a lot of other people who are actually born and raised. Sure. Here. Yeah. Um, so uh, with that said, I was raised um, by my mom and dad, but at the age of four, I actually lost my dad to brain cancer, wow. and um, you know that. I don't kind think of, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, my mom ended up working. I mean, two to three jobs at a time to raise us. In addition to, I was uh, 
raised a lot by my grandparents uh, in Winter Park. Sure. And so... Um, um, do you have siblings? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I have actually... Um, I mean, I consider them my siblings, but they're actually... I don't have any full-blood siblings. Oh, okay. I have um, an older brother who's five years older than I am. Okay. Um, and so he's my half-sibling, uh, and he... Uh, actually is um, high functioning on the autism scale and has Asperger's. Okay. Um, which all of this, I mean, truly everything just plays such a role in, you know, my dynamic and who I am. Yeah. Um, I think he being raised with a sibling with... Um, a lot of need. Yes. Yeah. Um, with that disability, um, you know, has really given me a lot of empathy. Mm. And so... Um, just the other day, actually, um, one of the girls working at Lineage uh, just noticed me talking to this customer who I think a lot of people kind of stay away from. Um, but, you know, she pulled me aside and she's like, I just want you to know that, you know, I see you being so consistent with talking to people who other people just don't, who, who are just different. Sure. Yeah. And, and she's like, and I just think that's You have amazing. the bandwidth. And the yeah. capacity because yeah. you've had such an experience being yes. able to. I have the empathy. Like yeah, with your brother. For sure. Sure. Because um, I saw the struggles that he had growing up. Um, yeah. So I also have a younger sister. Okay. Who I love her so much. She is, uh, I would say she's my, my mini me, but she's just 100% her own person. She's um, a mu musician who just graduated from, uh, high school last year and, Aww. uh, has already moved out to LA and saved up her money, moved out there, but actually got pulled back to Orlando for a really cool project that she's launching this spring. Okay. Um, I'm just super proud of everything that she's doing. She's kind of just paving her, so you're her own kind path. of a middle child. I, I in, am. In... I was the younger child for a while. Right. Um, because she wasn't born until I was 12 years old. And then, um, yeah, that's a long time to have be the baby. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I soaked it up yep. and loved every minute of and it. Did, you, <laughs> did your mom get remarried? She did. She did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she lost my, my dad and then, um, a few years later, ended up meeting the person who is now my my stepfather. Okay. So, um, yeah, and then they had. Was it a Madison. pretty cohesive um, family childhood? Was it like peaceful? Was it disruptive? Like, how did you feel the functioning um, of the family dynamics? You know, you know <laughs> um, it's interesting because I'd like to say I mean, there was a lot that happened. Um, a lot of hardships. I mm -hmm. mean, my mom went through so much and to keep it together after right. everything that she went through, you know, losing the love of her life and having to, and then on top of that, work two to three jobs at a time mm -hmm. and co-parent with my grandparents. And I mean, it was just, it was rocky. It was a lot. And, you know, she had us very young. So she oh. was in her early twenties, still figuring her life out. Wow which I couldn't even imagine. Sure. Um, going through all of that at such a young age, by the time she was 23. Isn't it so, like blow your mind? Because now you have the totally. perspective of like, man, you really were doing your best at this time with the 100%. tools that you had. Yeah. But as, as a kid, you don't have any context for that because you're just like, I want what I want now. And we don't have, we obviously as a child, you, I did not really have as much empathy for where my parents were at. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> that that's was such a brat. you know, it's, but it, I mean, it's 
it comes in stages and as a parent now I I'm anticipating that you yeah. know I'm trying to set <laughs> ourselves up as as much as we can um, and fits in any of our future children up as as best as we can um, but it's all it's phases of life and it's it's developmental phases mm -hmm. and I, I know that they're not going to appreciate us in fact they're going to rebel against us and and hate us you know for the most part hopefully not um, but you and know they're just going for that to, autonomy yes yeah. that's exactly what it is fighting for that autonomy and yeah. hopefully keeping that love during right. that time but um, you know and they probably won't appreciate us until around this time so um, just expecting that but yeah, I mean, my mom did the absolute best job mm. that she could and with what she had and where she was at. Yeah. And that's a lot of the grace that I give myself as a parent now. And even as a business owner, you know, we do the best that we can with what we have, with, what with we where have. we're at. Yeah. Um, and so it was a rocky childhood. It was a lot. Um, we moved a lot and, mm. you know, it was just survival. Survival, yeah. And... Um, but at the same time, she, you know, uh, kept us in the same school, uh, you know, great private school in the area that we were very lucky, uh, very fortunate to go to. Um, and so she tried to keep as much consistency mm. as possible for us and normalcy. Right. Um, and then, you know, finally things kind of like settled down a little bit later after she and my stepdad bought a house and we settled in Winter Springs. Right. And, um, but, you know, I so think... Speaking yeah. of autonomy, um, what was Brittany like in high school? <laughs> Brittany was the worst in high school. The worst? <laughs> Likewise. If anybody from Winter Springs High School is listening to this, uh, you understand. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I went through a lot as a child and there was a lot that I was lacking that, you know, I think not having a father figure a good portion of my life mm. um, made me search out for that affection. And, you know, I just wanted to feel loved and feel safe. Sure. And, um, so I think a lot of that played a role in uh, kind of, I was just like all over the place, you know, I just mm. like, you know, I was and trying to, you know, fight for that independence as well. And, um, you know, I think my mom tried to be as strict as she possibly could with me. And I don't know if that backfired on her or what, but for whatever reason, I was just and very social. And so I just wanted to find my own place in the world. And, um, so I went through a lot of hardship in, in high school and, um, gotten a lot of trouble. Okay. <laughs> and Same. Actually, Patrick asked me, this was so random, he asked me the other day if I had ever had a situation where I was, like, grounded for life. Uh -huh. And I was like, I mean, multiple right. situations. <laughs> Once a month, at least. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it all made me who I am today, and mm -hmm. I think I went through so much then that gave me so much insight and maturity um, that, you know, I wouldn't have otherwise have had. And so uh, I went into college, you know, already kind of having all of that under my belt and like right. getting that out of my system. Hmm. And I graduated uh, top of my class in, in, in college. college. And whereas I barely made it out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, 
yeah, so those were my, my high school years. Not m- my best moments by by far, but, right. you know, they helped to shape it me into who I am. It is part of the human story, right? Figuring out um, who we're created to be. Our bodies are changing so much. In middle school and high school, you're trying yeah. to, like, establish your identity. I think I actually read somewhere oh, that gosh. you are, like, certified crazy. Like, you are just so you know, mentally, mentally unbalanced. Right. Um, I've during that sure time. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Especially my first two years of high school. I just, I was like, I hope that, I mean, even then I was like, I hope that I never get a child like I was in high school. Yeah. I was, I was just like such a horrible. See, I don't see you being that. Way. Oh girl. That's another <laughs> podcast for another day. Yeah. We can, we can dig in. Oh, I was a horrible human being. Um, so as we grow out of high school, a lot of childhood things shape us and give us the kind of a little starting to be kind of the path that we're on and life events that have happened and how we react to them. Um, has there any, has there ever been like, um, kind of a situation or like a moment that you felt, um, like devastated by or, um, that you kind of had to like figuratively or literally pick yourself up off the floor and yeah. how did you do it? Oh gosh. And that's pretty intense. Oh, well, I mean, but honestly, I'm just trying to think, I mean, there have been a few moments. I mean, growing up, of course, um, there have been situations, you know, in college, um, I met the love of my life the first week that I was in college. Wow. Straight away. Right away. You went to college. At Midwestern State University in Texas. In Texas. Ah, Texas is how I like to say it. (laughs) So I was this Florida girl who, um, you know, just wanted, again, high school was just a very crazy time for me. And I just, I, you know, although I didn't control my behavior very well in high school. I was very aware of who I was Mm -hmm. and had a very clear vision of who I wanted to be and wouldn't stop until I became that. And so, uh, the start of that was getting as far away as possible. And I had an opportunity to move to Texas, um, to go to school where my cousin who she and her family uh, were stationed in Oklahoma, and she decided to go to school at Midwestern State. Okay. Um, random story, her roommate backed out at the last minute, and so, I mean, it was four weeks before school started, and she was like, would you be interested in applying and seeing if you get in? What? And coming to live with me. And so... Um, Did you have other schools that you were, like, thinking about? Yeah, or, like... so I was actually really interested in going to Palm Beach. Atlantic? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And then, um, so going to the community college down there and then transferring. Yeah. Um, so that was my plan. I went and checked out that school. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so pretty down yes. there. Yeah. Um, so that was the plan. Um, but, yeah, this just kind of came out of nowhere, and it was honestly exactly what I needed at that time. Um, and so I checked it out and, um, and (laughs) so I checked it out and, um, yeah, I mean, I just applied to the school, packed everything up and, um, my mom and I packed up our, uh, my Explorer and we just drove, 
halfway across the country to Texas. To Texas. Yeah. And I didn't even know if I had actually gotten in because I hadn't heard anything from school. I just what assumed. <laughs> Pretty. <laughs> So you just took this, like, faith moment, and you're yeah. just like, here we go. But you know what? Talking about faith uh, and it just being such a God thing, um, before we left, um, my mom, because of my dad's passing, had received um, checks each month to help support her in mm-hmm. raising us. And um, she received the last one once I turned 18. And oh. um, and so my family doesn't have a lot of money. Uh, I don't come from a whole lot. Same. And so, um, it was, I think a week, yep. It was a week before we were leaving and our neighbor came over with a bunch of mail that randomly had been, I mean, she had had it for months and it had been sitting at her house and she finally just came over and said, Hey, the mailman delivered this to my house. Right. And in there was a check for the exact amount that it cost for gas. To get from Florida to Texas. that is such an incredible... Um, From my dad, basically, is uh, kind of how we looked at it. And um, it was just really one of the coolest moments of my life. And so we did. We drove all the way to Texas. And and then uh, two days before classes started, I got my acceptance letter. (laughs) And, um, And then a week later, I met Patrick. Yeah. Um, so going along with your, uh, original question, um, of a time that I had to really pick myself up, mm-hmm. he was, I mean, I didn't really date anybody seriously at all through high school. You know, um, all my friends had serious boyfriends and I was just like, that is for the birds. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just felt like I was young and, you know, I just, why get so serious? Yeah, right. Yeah. It didn't make sense. Um, And so, anyways, uh, after dating Patrick for about a year, so we seriously started dating after my first uh, semester. No, we met. You met your first week. week. Okay. And then started dating after I got back from Christmas vacation. Um, So the beginning of the second semester that first year. And so we dated for about a year. And then out of nowhere, I mean, I knew. I mean, I just knew I that I I remember driving in my car and just thinking to myself this is the person that I want to marry and I was so young you know so young but I just loved him so much and we just are like the name of the game right yin and yang (laughs) we really are and um anyways so out of I mean this was probably like a month after I remember thinking that to myself and out of nowhere, he just broke it off with me. Oh. And I was just so devastated. Um, and anyways, obviously it ended up working out. But um, right. that was just like one of the first moments that I was just like devastated. And um, anyways, owning a business, we've had plenty more of those. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the just that's a part of being a business owner is just, you know, having these, what feel like devastating moments. And then, um, you know, just picking yourself back up and just getting back on the horse going, keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking to also your business, um, this might tie into your business or might not, but, um, 
Have there, has there been like a seminal moment that you have felt like so much pride in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, starting Farmhouse, I think for at least a couple of years, we just didn't even like think about what we were creating. We just did. We just created. And I think it's when we were going through a hard time. I can't remember exactly what it was. And, you know, Patrick and I just sat, sat there. We we grabbed dinner or something and you know I was like we just need to spend this time thinking about what we have accomplished and stop thinking about what we are lacking Mm. and um it totally changed our perspective on it on everything I mean even now you know we have the one space at Easton Market and um you know we created an awesome thing with a dinner service but we're actually in the process of backing away from that, um, because of several reasons that I'll, I'll get into, but, um, right. you know, from any other person's perspective, like at least in my, with my personality, it's like always more, more, more go, go, go. And so it's taken a lot for me to just say, we're okay pulling back sure, and being content with where we are because mm. we're doing well with where we're at. And so, um, instead of breaking your neck to get to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of how I've always lived my life. Yeah. And so that's where Patrick just balances me out so well because he's really helped me to understand that success doesn't have to mean, Hmm. um, I mean, killing yourself for it. You know, it can just be being content with where you're at, with what you have and, um, yeah, so that's right. something I am, I'm, I'm so proud of. We created this from absolutely nothing, just like you did, you know, and we have been through the ringer with it and nobody who has unless you've been through it, you know, can really understand the, skin the highs in the game. and the lows yeah. and what it takes to even just still be standing. So yeah. kind of speaking to, as you said, that Patrick bounces you out and personality and just like who you are as, um, you know, a business leader and as a person, it is time to talk about the Enneagram. Yeah. Which is my, my jam. My jam. (laughs) My favorite topic is the Enneagram. Um, and I would say, um, I would think that, uh, I think that for both of us, it's been pretty, um, monumental or like such a, for me, when I discovered it, it was a a real game changer. For sure. Yeah. We feel the same way. So, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the Enneagram, um, the Enneagram is kind of like a map of different personality types. And it's just, to me, it's kind of helped to see the full scope of personality, um, how we're created. There's nine different types. They all have their own strengths and their own weaknesses. Um, but it's helped me become more aware of how I'm created intrinsically and that's helped me to understand like, okay, this person is probably operating out of this, even though I don't understand where they're coming from, they're operating out of fear where I operate out of anger. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just, um, I don't know. It's been an amazing tool in my life and I've heard that you've also enjoyed digging in. Yes. Uh, I mean, you just kind of phrased it perfectly. I mean, I agree with every, everything that you just said. Um, it just, all those weird kind of quirks that you have and you know, what drives you, what motivates you in your day to day. 
um, which is so clearly laid out. Um, and you know, even for Patrick and I's relationship, so personally, mm-hmm. it just obviously helped us to get a better understanding of like, okay, those things that, you know, growing up, we were like, is that normal? Like, you know, is that, o- <laughs> is that okay? Uh, it was just like right there in writing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it made, it kind of made me feel better about, you know, kind of those things that I always questioned about myself. And then even for mine and Patrick's relationship, um, knowing that like that is, those traits are innate, even though you can work on them and, you know, help uh, you know, builds and it's evolve like in your, them, but it's in your DNA as well. Yes. It's like something you can't control is like, we yes. are created like this. And then as adults, we get to choose what to do with it. But like, exactly. Like mm-hmm. we don't have, it, it is so ingrained in us that it's not like a bad thing. It's just like, this is what I was built with and I have to fight to be healthy. Yes. But, um, so you would probably say that you are a three with a two wing I th- two is two I four. Think so. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I've gone back and forth because my two highest are it's um, a three mm-hmm. and a one are my my highest. Right. And so I've kind of gone back and forth. I think when I'm a, a little more on the unhealthy side, I'm more of a one because then mm-hmm. I just kind of freeze up and want and become a perfectionist, and I don't. I'm not able to move forward and just knock things out because I just freeze up and just want to make sure that everything is just perfect, almost like in an OCD sort of manner. Sure. Um, but I've noticed that when I'm healthier, then I'm more of a three and I'm just like getting things done all yeah. the time. And I'm just like constantly in that go mode. Right. So for people that aren't familiar with the different numbers, I'm just going to read them here so they kind of have an idea of what we're talking about. Um, So the three is called the achiever, and they are very success-oriented, very pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, image-conscious. And the two, which is kind of like your wing, is the the helper, the caring, um, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. So you feel like you kind of operate in those in those circles and in those bubbles. Yeah, I mean, my entire life, like speaking to the two, so I was raised by a two. And so, um, and my, I mean, my grandmother's a two. Right. Like, I, I mean, I can just tell. And so I think it's so instilled in me just to first off, like think about other people and their feelings. And again, with my brother, just having empathy for people. And so in my day-to-day life, um, Patrick's kind of the same way. Uh, you know, we just, (laughs) our fault is always kind of putting people before ourselves. Hmm. Um, and in a business setting, we've had to really learn the hard way that, um, we come first as far as like, you know, paying ourselves and doing the things in a business that like, you know, can help support us, you know, because that's at the end of the day, you have to support yourself in order to keep going. And then, you know, we can begin hiring people to, you know, do the other tasks that need delegating. And so that was kind of a big learning curve for us. Yeah. Um, and also hiring people that actually fit the job description and not hiring based on emotion and wanting to help somebody. (laughs) So wise, (laughs) so wise. I think that I've, yeah, I think some of my biggest um, uh, 
blind spots for me have been in, in that hiring process of, of having an immediate, having a team and, and being very wise and, and pragmatic mm-hmm. in that, right? And not, mm-hmm. not the emotional yes. um, thinking brain in that sense. But, yeah. I, I mean, you learn along the way Absolutely. all the things. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, how do you think, like, kind of, like, learning about your personality, um, you know, kind of how, how has that ha- helped you to have kind of a greater awareness about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, in talking about like those things that, um, you know, I felt really uncomfortable with growing, growing up. So you, you actually write it off, um, with the description of the three. So let's see, it was, um, you know, being image conscious my entire life. I've been so image conscious and, you know, it's not because I'm like vain or anything like that. I have just honestly, like, it's just like this anxiety I have, like this insecurity that I have. And I hate that about myself because I'm so much more than my image. Mm. Um, but again, you know, it is a part of my personality and for whatever reason it was established early on, uh, you know, and so So I've always just like really fought that. And so especially going into motherhood, um, where, I mean, y'all, I almost, I told Dana, I almost wore, uh, just showed up in sweats today (laughs) um, because I was up all night with uh, my two-year-old and um, up early. So, uh, you know, days like that. And uh, I feel like I've aged at least like five years in the past two years because I haven't slept a lot. And, you know, these are things that... uh, you know, for people without kids, they're probably like, that sounds terrible. That's the worst. But right. it's, you know, it's a part of it. And to be honest, it's been the best thing as far as that goes. And just teaching me that there's so much more to life, almost forcing me into that position of, well, I'm, you know, that's right. the last thing yeah. on, you know, my plate. And These so, are the things that have to get done. Yeah. If that happens, amazing. Exactly. But, like, the, yeah. you learn what's important probably yeah. when you're like, I got to keep this two-year-old alive. Yes, for sure. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, just different things like that. Um, and then... Um, I've lost my train of <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So how do you think, like, the Enneagram has helped you, like, in your professional life? Um, in the profession, in our professional life, in my professional life, um, you know, when we first started Farmhouse, uh, I was, so I had actually worked at this, um, it was a marketing agency mm-hmm. that, uh, I remember that I left and, um, I started my, just working with people on my own, um, doing marketing and business consulting and, Um, I remember coming home to Patrick and being like, I'm still doing exactly what I did at the agency. And that's why I left because I felt like I was just trapped. Like I was, I was pigeonholed when, I mean, ideally I would love to just run these people's businesses for them so I can just do everything that I think needs to be done, (laughs) which easier said than done. But that was just kind of, you know, as a young 20 something year old and, you know, inexperienced, um, I just felt like I didn't want to be stuck doing the, um, you know, 
just like the day-to-day, you know, boring tasks that need that are essential and need to be done. Right. But I wanted to actually be like steering the ship. And so uh, shortly after that is actually when we came up with the concept for Farmhouse. And so I continued on. And this is when we had met. And I think it was in February of that year I had a full-blown meltdown because I was trying to juggle too much. And Mm. I think my type 3 personality uh, got got the best of me. And um, I was just so stretched thin and literally trying to do everything and please everybody. And, you know, um, I was, like, at max capacity. And so that's when I pulled it all back and I said, okay, if we're really going to do this, I'm going to put all of me into it and we're gonna we're gonna do it and so um that was march of 2015 and that is the month that we moved and found east end market yeah uh well like found out about the kitchen in east end moved in and uh we launched farmhouse in april of 2015 and didn't stop yeah (laughs) i definitely i feel like i've always been kind of like amazed at all the things that you have built with Patrick. Um, I think it's pretty awesome that you have skills that complement one another, that you have, like, especially that team that you can always rely on. Um, you know, you've built and you've grown a small business in Orlando, and that's, like, such a huge thing. Um, in my mind, you know, you've recently moved, you have a son, and you still look great, you know? So <laughs> you're doing <laughs> so many things. Um, and it, I think it's really not lost on Orlando, just the unique thing that you have brought with Farmhouse, you know, Thanks. to, I really appreciate to that. Orlando. Um, I would love for you to give us a brief glimpse about, actually your role at Farmhouse and what what it is for people maybe that don't know yeah. about it. Um, so, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's so hard to kind of pin that down at least throughout the years because, I mean, really it was all hands on deck. Hmm. I think the best way of describing what my role is versus what Patrick's role is, is uh, I am kind of like, as he put it, <laughs> I'm kind of like the CEO of the company where I oversee everything and I establish the the branding, what I want people to feel, their experience when they think about the brand, look at the brand, and then the type of food that we have and um, the different things, the systems that need to be in place to make sure that all Are of these things... Are you creating the menus? Um, so, yes. I mean, we... So, we all kind of... Like, Patrick and I both just sit down and... And we create it. I mean, it really, it really is both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of any time that it was just like one of us, but I mean, it's really both of us constantly bringing our ideas and our experience to the table. Like if you look at the cafe now, so I built out the cafe. That was my project. Um, actually, I found out I was pregnant with Fitz and, uh, or sorry, no, I found, we found out, we were offered this space at, at East End, the cafe at East End, um, the little storefront there, which East End Market, if you guys haven't been, you yes. need to go. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, lovely. such a cool yeah. indoor marketplace here in Orlando. But um, so we were offered the contract for the East End space. And then a week later, we found out we were pregnant with Fitz. Whoa. And so, um, I was over the course of like about four months, you know, uh, I designed the space, 
I laid out exactly what I wanted the menu to look like and it, it's just evolved and grown from there. Sure. Um, but the type of food, that kind of, I think, originates with me. Um, and that actually, side side story, really ties back to my dad. And mm. so in college, I was a part of uh, uh, Colleges Against Cancer, which runs the college really for life. And um, within a year became president and um, was the president of our school's Relay for Life. And through that, I, I got a lot of training in you know, um, prevention and causation of uh, diseases like cancer. Mm. And that was really kind of the theme that clicked for me. Interesting. Um, I've always been very into food. And so that's what Patrick and I really connected on because he's been in the food industry since he was 15. And, um, but I really brought that health element because I know that I am, um, the, my makeup is, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, mom like brain, you guys. Organic? No. Or <laughs> all natural? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I am very organic, I guess. Right. But um, no, I'm predisposed is the word I'm looking for. There we oh, go. Um, okay. To cancer. Got um, it. And so with that in mind, I've just always been very cautious about what I put into my body and around my body. So with all of that said, um, you know, we we just started um, cooking for ourselves a lot and going to the farmer's market each Mm -hmm. Saturday and picking up local produce. And that was kind of like, that is really the start of where farmhouse came from. But um, yeah, so I would say that's really what I bring um, is that sense of health and simple simplicity. I mean, that's how we both like to eat, but I think I've really kind of pushed for that over the years. So, um, simply put, I think I kind of oversee a lot of that stuff. And then I do all the back end stuff, the bookkeeping, the marketing, social media, the Whoa, fun stuff, you know, woman. um, well, you know, if you look at our social media and nothing's been posted, <laughs> that's why, but we're working on that. Yeah. Um, but, and then Patrick is, I mean, he, is a workhorse and so he meets me there and you know he is the other half of the ideas the brains behind it but he is there actually behind the counter each day you know putting these systems into place and you know keeping on top of everything making sure that everything is done as it needs to be done and you know meets our standards and expectations and managing the team and all of that so I would say um you know, I'm the one that's kind of, uh, like steering the ship and then he's the one that's keeping it, all the parts going and moving. So Brittany, that's a lot. You definitely have a lot, you know, definitely on your plate. And as we're young and growing, there's just seems to be obviously a never ending amount to do. And that can, that, that can be seemingly overwhelming when you look at all the things. Um, but probably my most favorite topic is even, uh, rest, which is our final topic. And it's something that I think people don't talk about enough. They don't do enough. I think it's so vital for obviously health as well. Absolutely. Mental, mental health. Um, and I'm always in awe of mothers because like you have a 24 seven job, like you can't just like turn that off. Um, so you've, you know, got a full-time job, but then you have a mouth to feed, you know, three mouths a day 
three meals a day and that's just always mind-blowing to me I'm like if I get dinner tonight you know that's more than champagne <laughs> and a cheese plate it's gonna yeah. be great um and I'm sure you're probably not going to feel fully rested until Fitz is a teenager. Um, oh, but you're doing probably not even right. <laughs> <laughs> doing the best in the meantime. But yes. for you, like, what does rest look like, or what practices have you adopted to kind of rest, renew, restore, retreat from the world? Yes. So um, that's a a great topic to bring up. That's something that, and I think again, going back to the Enneagram, my Type Three personality, where I'm like always going, 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 getting the next thing on my list, you know, checked off and, and done. And, um, I don't do very well with taking care of myself. Mm. And so once I became a mother, um, you know, I think all moms kind of struggle with this sense of identity and, you know, Patrick was getting to go and do all the things that I love to do, which is work. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, I should have been taking that time to just like relax and I did, you know? Um, but, uh, I just, I love work. I love love to work. Right. And, um, we are built so differently. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was a hard time for me because, you know, on top of, um, my, I, you know, trying to kind of wrap my, my mind around like this shift in my identity now becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. And then the first six months are just survival. And so just taking care of, you know, this newborn, that was my main priority. I mean, this may be TMI guys, but for you moms out there, I know you, you agree. Uh, I was showering like once a week mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, that was my, that was my me time was a shower once a week once a week shower (laughs) (laughs) and um you know I think uh and then on top of that you know Fitz is just not he's not a sleeper not the best uh you know which is total total opposite actually that is the one thing I love my sleep I have to have to get my sleep yep um so that I can really like take on the day and, um, I wasn't getting that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think around six months, um, is when postpartum depression really hit me. Yeah. And that sounds weird, but it was around the six or seven month mark. It doesn't always happen right away. Um, and it hit me hard. Right. And so I think it was at that point that I realized such a large part of that is that I wasn't taking care of myself. And so, you know, 2017 was a rough year for us. <laughs> it was yeah. a rough year. And I think, you know, um, the business played a huge role in that. We were so just like, we were like in the, the midst of our growth and just like uh, in our first year of having the cafe open. And um, I think we bit off more than we could chew. Yeah. And um, I didn't allow myself to have that time to just be and be with Fitz and take care of myself. Yeah. And I think um, that really kind of um, left a huge impression on me. And so since then, um, I've been very, very careful. And, uh, you know, I mean, after the first year, it was like a, you know, I was crawling out of like a dark hole. Like it lifted, it got better. And so I'm fine, guys. I'm fine is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, it's That's still also get... real life. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes life is not fine. Yeah. Right? So it's sometimes not... you have a season where you're like, 
I'm sitting in this. Yes. And you like, there's no way out but through. Yes. And it sucks, it right? It sucks. It does. And it wills at some point, you will move into a better season of hope. Yes. But I think that's also just like such a reality that people need to know that like, yeah. Social media is just such this weird thing where you're only seeing like the highlight reel. 100%. And, like, and even, even the bad stuff I feel like is so real. curated. And I mean, I could just get tired of like these long posts about real talk guys. Like, I'm like, I appreciate you trying to be transparent, but sometimes it just, if it's for gain, it just still kind of like, feels it doesn't feel, yeah, doesn't feel very authentic. Right. So anyways, um, yeah, my whole point with this is I think, um, I've just really had to work at that. And so where we're at now with farmhouse, we have just like really kind of gone bare bones again. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're sitting in life right now. This is the chapter that we're in where the business is doing awesome, but it's just, it's, it's not this huge, you know, thing that, and you know, we still have uh, our vision for where we want to take it. But right now is just our season to take it easy. Yeah. And that's where we're at. And so I think a lot it's of our well-oiled machine and just like letting yep. it play out yep. and then catching your breath. Yes. And you then... know, we have put almost five years of really hard work yeah. into this and this is what we need right now. And again, Patrick is my person to, I mean, he will like download meditation <laughs> apps on my phone. And I mean, he takes care of me. He just does. What would be your, like, if you could have an ideal day, like money is no issue. Like if you could have an ideal day of rest for you, what would your, what would you like love to spend 24 hours doing? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to just like go on a trip somewhere, um, alone with Patrick mm. and, um, you know, let Fitz have some grandma and grandpa time and just explore and, you know, check out the local food scene and grab drinks and do all the things that, and even just veg and watch, you know, uh, an entire season of Game oh, of Thrones, like whatever, oh, you know, amazing. like, uh, whatever we want to do. Yeah. Um, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, so as we wrap up, do you have any piece of wisdom or advice that you could leave with us? Wow. Yeah. That's so big. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I will say life is just, uh, it sounds so cliche, but life is just a journey. And I think I just want to, um, speak to those people who are going through a really rough time. Um, because I saw some really low lows, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, that first year that, mm -hmm. Um, we had fits and, um, I think the biggest thing that I learned was that where you're at is not the end. Sure. You know, it's a part of your journey. It's a part of your story and it will get better. And, chills. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's just when you're in that, that moment, it's so hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel because you don't see any light, you know? Um, and I think it's just having grace with yourself and mm. just knowing that you are doing what you can with what you have. And, um, you know, we're all learning, we're all growing, we're all on this journey of life and who you are today isn't who you, you are going to be tomorrow. It's not the final yeah, right, um, version of yourself. And you know what? 
that was the lowest point of my life was that year. Sure. As much as it was a great happy time, it was also a low time. Sure. And um, looking back, it's just a chapter in my book and it's just a chapter that has made me stronger and better and an even more amazing mom, you know, um, because I just really appreciate what I have now so much and I have a happy healthy two-year-old and Patrick and I are healthy we have a business that's thriving and you know um I think that's just my best advice is just hang in there and um you know you just you create your destiny and so if where you're at right now isn't where you want to be and you don't feel like you can get out of that alone, just reach out to somebody because it, this isn't yeah. where it stops. Yeah, it's not the end of the story. Thank you for sharing your story with me and coming in the just the day to just hang. And, Thank um, you. Yeah. This is awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for my cocktail. <laughs> Anytime. Literally, if I could, that could be my job, uh, it would be just to like have people over and make drinks for them that would be that would be my dream job I mean um listen you're yeah. getting there I'm getting there I'm starting with this with this podcast so thank you so much um if you guys want to learn more you can find farm how farm and farm in-house mm-hmm. farm and house tell us how we can find you yeah, yeah so um instagram uh don't judge us we're working on it <laughs> it's at farm and house orlando yes um or you can find us at farmandhouse.com. beautiful thank you Brittany. you're thank amazing you. thank you thank you thank you a million times over for listening to cocktails and conversation podcast i hope you have enjoyed all of it if you have Would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversations? 